Isaac and you are listening to Talking Architecture and Design podcast brought to you from the Architecture and Design Network. Today I am delighted to, to launch the second of our five podcasts in our 2022 residential design series proudly brought to you in association with Chroma. With over 80 years experience, the team at Chroma believe quality bathrooms are a balance of form, function and looks. Designed and engineered by Australians for Australians with different tastes and needs, Chroma has a wide range of classical to artisanal styles, smart designs and sustainable innovations providing your projects with everything they need. Visit www.caroma.com.au to learn more. And today we are with David Coates and we'll be talking about sustainability and the modern home. David Coates from Sustainable Building and Design Proprietary Limited lives and breathes sustainability and has been delivering beautiful buildings that perform to an exemplar level in both sustainability and practicality. David specialises in urban designs with over 25 years of experience working within the building industry. David specialises in sustainable renovations. He has a keen eye for detail and now creates his brilliant dwellings all from scratch. All projects have sustainability at the forefront of their designs as David works his artistic magic closely with clients to achieve brilliant results to minimise overall energy consumption and reduce waste. So welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, David Coates. Thanks, Branko. It's good to be here. Now, so let's talk about sustainability in one home. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's a it's a wide subject. It's, it's really interesting. I was watching um, Q&A, I think. I think it was Q&A or something or the insiders. I can't even remember now. And um, one of the candidates, I think it was, I think it was actually, um, no, it was last night. It was, um, what was his name? Stuart Roberts, I believe. He's up in Queensland. Uh, anyway, he's he said that when he talks to people, and this is coming from an LNP member, mind you, when he talks to people, he says, when it comes to homes, the first thing they ask about is sustainability, which is really interesting. I mean, remember, he's a politician. So can you tell me, what is sustainable building design? I think um, it's a good question. (laughs) We've only only got an hour, so. Yeah, that's all right. Well, (laughs) 2022, I think it can be a whole range of things. Yeah. Um, I think it's become a bit of a buzzword. I think it's a hot topic. Mm. I think I think a lot of corporations and governments have liked to attach the name to anything they do to kind of show the world that they're doing something, um, which I do think is quite a lot of um, misbelief. Maybe it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit that comes with it. Franco, I'm going to be honest. No, no, uh, you're right. There is, but but it's also it's also something that I think is integral to to humans surviving on this planet. And it's a serious issue. I think it's something that um, sustainable building design is, is working with, it's, it's about working with the planet and working for a positive future. And I, could, I think and respecting the earth. And I think that that's something that can be done on so many different levels. Um, and yeah, I think, there's, I think there's been a big movement on it uh, for a long time now, a good 25 years, I reckon it's really sort of started to hit the, the scene yeah, um, and it, it's really popular. It's become popular in the last five to ten years. But um, as I say, there's there's a lot of levels to that. Like, there's people who are doing it with passion. There's people who are doing it for profit. <laughs> there's people who are doing it because they like to tell people they're doing it. And I think um, 
There is true. It's it's become a fashionable thing. Um, but but essentially, what's what's it all about? Well, to me, sustainable building design is it's working with the planet and it's 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 working to achieve a positive future. So I think um, I think a lot of the time politicians do like to tie themselves to something that's sustainable. But I think uh, I think there's a, I think we've got a long way to go. Is what I also think. Okay, that's actually really interesting. That's and, and you know what? You are probably one of three people who who've actually said have actually been honest enough to say that. So when you say we have a long way to go, what do you mean? It's it's only just really cracking in. Like our regulations are pretty low. Yeah, our our standards are pretty they're pretty low, and and. I think um, I was actually thinking about this because you obviously sent me some things you wanted to talk about, and I was really thinking about like what's going on with it all at the moment. And on a mass scale, there's mass amounts of housing that's being built with virtually no consideration to the environment, little to none, I'm going to say. And that's that's and that, and and you know what? That's okay. Look, mass housing is one side of it. People need cheap housing. I think that that with some really minor, minor regulations that could be lifted and improved and standards could be put in place for some of these mass housing developments where there's people that are making some serious bucks off this. And that's where, it's, that's where it is disappointing is that there's a lot of money being made by big developers and a lot of money that gets generated. Um, and I think maybe if some stricter guidelines were put in place, you know, that's, so that's one side of it is mass housing. Then the other side I see is, is there's like there's multi-million dollar homes like like homes that are between five and ten five and twenty million that are getting built and right. they have little to none uh, proper implementation of sustainable design they don't they don't charge their own power they don't they're not they're not responsible for what they're doing and I think that that's a big thing it's about it's about putting some responsibility back into people putting it back into big corporations that are making lots of money because they can afford it. They can do it. Mm. Um, and if they're not, if they're not actually governed a little bit stricter and a bit harder, then, then that's, you know, that's where it all goes sort of a bit pear shaped because I, I've, I've proven and I've shown that you can actually design and build houses for fairly low cost that can run themselves and, you know, have a pretty minimal, if not positive impact onto you know the planet, so it's 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 not that it's not that it can't be done. It's just that it's not being done. You know that's that's a really interesting point you just brought up. Um, you said that you said something along the lines of along with some minor adjustments or relatively minor adjustments. Well, it could be. This is the thing: just some minor things like lifting insulation by you know a few notches. It's pretty basic what's been put in. Um, limiting. Uh, you know, just limiting the, the size of, of buildings for 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 what they're actually, I don't know, for maybe for their their footprint. I don't know. There's there's. I just feel like there's so many things that I I feel like to be able to get permits and and um, to get things passed these days, the amount of red tape paperwork nonsense that you actually need to go through just to be allowed to do anything. Surely they could actually yeah, put a yeah. few put a few sustainable hurdles in that process. I think oh, that's the thing. I think I think that there's it's it, it's like building houses these days. It's not it's not like it's easy. Yeah, it's, it's it's certainly not an easy thing to to design a house and get a permit. Yeah, but you know what? They're not. I just don't sort of seem to think that there is enough um, 
yeah, there's just not enough positive impact into into being environmentally friendly. So that's actually again really interesting. So there's a disconnect. The example I said earlier about you know the politicians saying that everyone, all all the all these constituents, everyone he's talked to, the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to talking about housing, they they talk about sustainable house design. Well, is there then a disconnect between customer and developer? Is that is that the problem there, or, or is there a deeper problem? I think I think there's lots of problems. <laughs> I think there's there's several problems to the issue, but I, I think I guess as I think one of the biggest things is is that if you looked at this this massive scale of big houses that are getting built, and then this mass scale of mass housing that's getting built, I think both of those situations it's it's just getting missed. I, I think it's getting missed completely, and that's that's where there is issues. It's 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 big giant developments that are taking place, and it's big mass developments in housing estates that are taking place. And I mean, I mean, it's really sad, but like you, you drive around these and some of the houses look quite nice, but like, let's say 80% of them don't have eaves. Yeah. Okay. So just a simple thing like that. E- eave design is one of the most important factors of being able to achieve a passive design. It's, it's, it's massive window placement and eave design. Mm-hmm. So that does that, that's just that little simple thing of, of impl- implementing that at the beginning of a of a concept of you know good insulation, good housing direction, good good solar access, good good eave design, mm. it, it's not even a thing. It, it's not even it's not even mandatory. <laughs> Eaves are not mandatory. Like it, I, I guess I blow, it does blow my mind the amount of energy that gets wasted through um, just very simple ideas that that you know sh- should be. I think I think for houses to achieve a six star, it must be so simple because yeah. um, there's houses that are getting built out there that just look like they're not achieving any type of energy efficiency. Mm. So, um, you know, is is what are the, the problems are really big? They're really quite deep because it's we're not we're not considering how much how simple it could be to to implement these at the start. Um, you know, I, I spent most of my career as a builder starting out renovating things mm. and basically turning everything from the way it was built, which was completely backwards, into making it the way that it should be built, which is, and the thing is, it's not, it's not like I'm living in the future, creating these like new amazing ideas. I'm actually generally, generally implementing ideas that are 10,000 years old. Yeah. Ideas that came from the Egyptians <laughs> about okay. direction of the sun. Um, ideas that have come from people living in caves and going, Hey, we need insulation. Like, well, I'm, I've lived, I lived in Europe for a few years and I've done a lot of traveling around certain parts of the world. And the way that cold climates build houses, they've been doing it for 500 years where the walls are 500 mil thick and they store their heat and they, they don't waste energy because they didn't have any energy, you know? So it was a lot of these ideas are ancient ideas that we all know about. We all have access to them. I mean, I'm very surprised that they're not taught in schools and at basic levels, but As I said, it blows my mind that we have access to all of the most amazing information known to man, and we are still building houses without eaves in the middle of paddocks. With, like, do you know what I mean? That I know exactly. And then then there's and then there's three air conditioners. They put a solar hot water on it, which is great, but you know, um, and and you know they've got they've got the lowest level of insulation possible. They're all brick. 
veneer where the brick's on the outside. I mean, every house I do, in the, most houses I build a reverse brick veneer. Yep. Um, people go, oh, wow, is that a new thing? It's like, I doubt it. It's probably, it's probably I don't know the, the origins of it, but I'd imagine it would be hundreds of years old, the concept of having masonry on the inside of houses. Um, and and so, yeah, it does it does blow my mind that, that there is so much information out there and we are, we really have such a long, we, we've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go for it to actually be, understood how much this is a big issue mm-hmm. um we've got a long way to go we're still we're still understanding that so until we until we really get a concept of of what can be done by the individual and what can be done by by bigger corporations and by governments and by actual councils implementing pro- positive ideas that could really make a huge difference all right um so what are some important principles of stunning buildings you, you've actually Mention a couple of things, but a lot of it is pretty basic too, Branko. Like, um, uh, first of all, the most important thing for me is working with our closest star, which is called we call it the sun. Right. Um, that's I reckon that's one of the most important things. It it, it provides light, it provides warmth, it provides energy um, in several different forms. Um, and to me, working with the sun is a really important thing. Um, t- people, people should be able to live in houses where they don't have to turn lights on in every room. Um, you know, and that, and that comes down to designing simple spaces that, uh, that are natural, natural, chemical-free, so that it's, we're, we're not harming the planet. We're being as kind to the environment as we possibly can. And just keeping, th- keeping things pretty basic. That's, that's how I, yeah, I mean... I think a good a good home is an easy home. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have been caught up in designing and coming up with wild ideas, and you know, designing things that like look outrageously good. But and that's all cool. But I think the in honesty to you, it's easy to get caught up in that side of it and making something look fantastic. And realistically, I think the most important thing is simplicity, keeping things simple and keeping things basic about what do we need, what do we want, what are we trying to achieve. The kiss principle, apparently, yes. Okay, yep, yep, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, okay, so you kind of answered this before, but do you think that many house builders or developers in Australia really understand um, building uh, sustainable building design, or is it do they deliberately ignore it? Uh, I think on a large scale, um, no, no, they don't understand it, and they, it's not that they're not intelligent enough to. I don't think that. I don't think it's a priority for a majority of the industry. And that's, that, that's, a, that's a harsh reality. I think there's a lot of people out there who are doing some really positive things. Mm-hmm. For sure, that, I'm not going to discredit amazing houses and buildings that are being created for really, really good reasons and for, you know, which have huge positive impact. Um, but as a whole, I think on a large scale, back to what I was talking about, I don't think it's being... Um, I don't think it's been understood or even cared for. I don't think it really, I don't think it's a major factor. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of businesses that have eco and sustainability in the work, in the business names. Um, but I don't think a lot of them are practicing hardcore levels of environmental awareness. Okay. I, th- I, think, I said it's become a buzzword. I, I called my business sustainable building and design. Mm. And I came up with that idea a long time ago and people have said, oh, it's a great name. It says what it is. Yeah, it's a great name, but any, anyone can call themselves anything. The question is, are you doing it? Um, fortunately, I am. That's mm-hmm. what I do. That's what I specialise in. But I do, I do think there's a lot, 
there's a lot going on out there that isn't quite there's a lot of there's a lot of cool business names but are they actually doing anything yeah i think greenwashing is a bit of a problem you're right yeah that, that's it, it, it can be and it's, it's something that people like to attach themselves to look as, as i said councils have done a great job of, of selling the green image um but realistically i don't think they do they don't really do much green or environmental stuff at all um it, it it gets tricky but i mean i mean i'd call myself a specialist in the field i've been involved in the, in the industry for 26 years i'd call myself a specialist in sustainability um and and when i deal with a lot of councils and bureaucrats uh it doesn't it doesn't really seem to go too deep as to what's going on and what's happening. It doesn't. I'm really sorry. It's a sad reality. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We are indebted to Karoma, whose sponsorship of the 2022 Residential Series makes all this possible. Carefully crafted to bring the experience of Australian nature into the home, the Elvire Bathroom Collection by Karoma reflects contemporary minimalism with a design that is both practical and stylish. Australian design and engineered and featuring signature sustainable Tasmanian timbers. The collection features precision craftsmanship, high quality and premium materials. Visit www.coroma.com.au and explore the collection. And now back to our podcast. When I bought my, my place, I, I was hardly an expert, but there are things that I understood. I mean, this, this is going back about 12 or so years. There are things that I understood, and I was expecting the council to be experts, and they weren't. And it's, and it's quite, it was quite frustrating and surprising, to be honest with you. It does get complicated because sometimes you're talking to these young kids who are fresh out of university and, you know, they've got these guidelines of sustainability that they're meant to be meeting. And generally, it's got nothing to do with anything positive or environmental. It's, so it is, it, it, it's a tricky, it's a tricky it thing. Is. I, I, I think, as I said, I think, I think people would love to be involved in it. Um, you know, every, every, every university and council and school has all got a sustainability department. Um, but, you know, I, I challenge these departments. What are they actually doing? What's actually, what is actually happening? What's moving forward? How, how is it that there's, there's individuals like myself and Franco, even what you, you, you're doing, you're out there pushing something because you're really passionate about it. You're involved in an industry of other people who are really passionate about it. And, and it's these individuals who are passionately pushing the envelope. We're the ones who are actually doing this. Um, I, don't see, I don't see anything on a big scale or anything involved with a lot of these councils, governments, or sustainability departments, I don't actually feel that they're, they're moving it forward. They're just attaching themselves to a, a brand. It, it, is, it's, it is very surprising. Look, I, I, did a, I did a Master Builders green living building course. Mm. It was just like a bit of education to learn a few things. I mean, I'm, I'm very I'm good. Again, to them, they'll try to do the right thing, but they were teaching people about water tanks. And it was sort of like, it, you know, like it was, it was like, like I, like the, the guy who, um, my supervisor who worked for him at the time and I did the, did the course and, you know, we had to leave and I had to send them an email. I said, look, it was pathetic. I said, it was pathetic. It, we're, we're, it's, we're really, uh, and look, that was several years ago. I don't know where everything's at at the moment, but I, I did sort of find that where, where we're at and where we're, we're still at a very, we're at entry level into what we can do. I still think we've, there's, there's so far to go in this industry i i think that the ideas are still coming slowly because it still hasn't actually really taken off 
And I think that with far more investment and far more, I mean, imagine if it was mandatory to have to build an eight-star home. I mean, that might be pushing things far, but let's just say it was. Can you imagine the ideas that would then be coming out, the materials that might we might be using, the the concepts? Imagine if it was instead of building a big house, it had to be an efficient home. Yeah. And I, so, and this is what I'm saying about like I think um one of the things that I've found has limited my design imagination is clients. They actually restrict. As much as I've had some great clients who have helped me to support my ideas, I also think in a strange way they limit my ideas because we're, I feel like we're, we're governed by guidelines. But you know, you know what I mean? Our boundaries is what actually restricts us. If, if, we're living in a, if we're living in a world where we have to achieve a five-star energy rating home, well, we're not really going to be coming out with the most amazing designs. But if, right, yeah, right. so I, I definitely think that there's a long way to go. I'm, I mean, I'm positive. I've, I've positive feelings for the future and what, where we're going. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to see it explode. And, you know, I, I think the human race still hasn't come to its peak. <laughs> you know, I think we've got a long, I think we've got a long way to go because currently right now um, the mainstream is pollution. It's damaged the environment. It's causing, it's, it's wreaking havoc to wildlife and the oceans and forests and, that's what's been going on for hundreds of years. And that has not, it's not changing its direction. It's actually just slowed down its course, but it's still moving in a direction that isn't positive. Yeah. It's still, it's, it's, we still haven't hit that point yet. And see, that baffles me, but, but that's, that's how I see it. I see it that we, we have a long way to go. I see that we actually can do more positive things, um, but it, it just needs a bit more momentum and a bit more support. So speaking about evolution and raising the bar, how's that for a segue? Um, tell us about your um, sustainable development with no mains power and off-grid off on-site power station. That's something that I, I actually found fascinating. I mean, you know, it's... Well, I'm glad you did because, to be honest, I've been quite excited about it. And when we were doing it, it was a, it was a real challenge. As in, we were like, oh, wow, can, can we actually do this? Because, what, look, what happened was we... Um, the site where we were doing this development, it had to have major council stormwater upgrades on the site. And to, to complete these stormwater upgrades, we had to remove uh, the major power pole that was feeding power to the property. Um, and we couldn't actually relocate the new pit until the stormwater works were finished. This whole process, we were told, was going to be about six months. So we sort of found out as the project was starting that this was, going to, this was just the way it was going to happen. Um, and it was my idea that I just didn't want to have to listen to a generator or smell a generator for six months. Um, cause you know, apart from the cost, yeah. just the sound and the fumes, I mean, they're, they're annoying things. Um, it ended up being nine months that we were without power for not six. It ended up being nine. So, so I'm glad I did this. And basically we came up with a proposal to set up an off grid power station on site. Um, and we had a budget of $7,000 because we just didn't want to, the clients didn't want to spend too much. The clients were happy to pay for it. Um, uh, but we just sort of set a budget of, you know, what could we get a jet? What could we buy a generator for basically that we could, that would run the project. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we had a, a very small system. There were three panels, two, two batteries and inverter, and it was just enough power to run everything we needed. 
my electrician spec'd it up. He, he got the money, did the most efficient system he possibly could for the money. Um, there are a couple of little things where if the compressor was running, you couldn't run two power saws and a drop saw. <laughs> okay. and, you know what I mean? It, 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 was, it had its limits, um, which we got to know after the first sort of couple of weeks of sort of thing. But but it was it was fine. It never it, it, it there was more than enough power to run everything we needed. We charged batteries at night time when we weren't there. Yeah. And I guess the fascinating thing about it was it was it was an experiment. We didn't know it was going to work. And um, I guess what worked out well for us is that most of our building works were completed during the day when the sun was out. Mm-hmm. So even if it was a cloudy day, there was still getting still getting power, and it'd be enough power from the day before. So. I think in winter there might have been like once or twice for like an hour it might have stopped or something and it was just but it was nothing over the over the course of the project it was it was amazing mm-hmm. yeah and that, and that we used that we actually left that system on the small shed that was at the back of the property and and um and that now just runs uh the the garden and the watering system so they're still using it. They're using it for power in the shed because that, that was the other thing too. It was like to get power to this shed at the back, we had to dig an underground power cable in. And it was, you know, it was going to be excessive cost to do that. It was We didn't actually spend any more money than was, alloc- you know, that we sort of had allocated for the project. So mm-hmm. you've won a number of awards. Um, not surprising, but you, one of those awards was our uh, Emerging Architect and Designer at the 2021 Sustainability Awards. <clears throat> Do you think, with what you said earlier, we don't reward those who build and design sustainable homes enough um, or we don't reward them enough in the right way? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky question. Um, I certainly didn't expect to win anything myself. So, so that, was, that was definitely a surprise to win some awards. Um, I guess I just didn't really think that I would be recognised. After getting to know you, Branko, and getting to understand what's been going, it's actually really, it is a really positive just to understand that, you know, that there are people out there who appreciate what I do and appreciate uh, people doing things different. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe there is enough reward, but maybe, maybe uh, people don't know because they're not doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I never ever got into this sort of field to win awards. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if it matters. I don't think it. I don't think it matters if people are, are, are being awarded or not, but I, de- I definitely think the process is, it's tough. It's a tough industry. I, I really do. I really do. It is a tough industry. You, you're generally convincing people to do things positive and people, people, clients come to me because they want to do, they want to build sustainable homes, but you, you certainly, you certainly, I, I certainly do things because I'm passionate about it. Not, not to sort of not for rewards or for money or anything like that. I think it's it's definitely something that's a lifestyle choice. Okay, from rewarding to perhaps punishing, <laughs> what would it take to force <laughs> our building companies to build sustainable to build sustainably? Um, it would. I think it'd take tougher regulations. Okay. Yeah, I really I, I think it would. I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pretty strict building regulations when it comes to claddings and bathrooms and all that sort of stuff. And I guess, I guess I think, and, and I think it would definitely have to have something to do with the overall budget of the home as well. Like if, if people are spending, I'm not going to say a number, but if people are spending decent amounts of money, they can clearly afford to put some sustainable measures on their house, you know? So 
I definitely, yeah, I definitely think there must be some way of of putting in some some more, you know, stricter regulations when it comes to building design and maybe stricter regulations when it comes to efficiency of housing. I, I would not be opposed to it. Yeah. So who is opposed to it? I reckon mass. I reckon maybe, yeah, I'd say, I'd say mass building companies. Okay. Because it's going to cut into their profits. Yeah, I think I think that's where it comes down. And big big houses. It's back to this thing of big developments and and and, and mass small developments. Yeah. They're keeping the cost down. The cost of housing is pretty gone pretty excessive. But who's yeah, I would like to know like where a lot of that money's going because it, it it doesn't cost millions of dollars to build a sustainable home. No, no, it doesn't. Um well, isn't part of the cost, you might correct me here, but from memory, I mean, there's, there's a fairly large or significant proportion of cost that's fees and charges and other, you know, sort of things, isn't there? Government fees and charges. And I, I think so. I think so. That That's definitely a big side of it. I mean, even insurances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, the insurances have gone up significantly this year. So that's great. So we all have to pay these things. I mean, we pay these insurances where there's no claims ever made either. So that's an interesting thing for you. Um, I did a few jobs. I did a couple of jobs for for lawyers actually, two separate jobs for two separate lawyers, and they both they both got back to me with with the confirmation that all these warranty insurances apparently there's no claims ever made. So we we're paying all this money in insurances that that's great, but maybe we could spending investing in something that is a bit more positive. Mm, mm, that's actually a very interesting point, isn't it? Um, especially in the context of where, where a lot of people now are having you know this conversation now being in election um, mode about housing affordability you know so you know there are obviously costs that we may be able to lower um, along with you know perhaps you know making something a bit more sustainable which in the end as you know lowers costs anyway I mean you know, effective you know, this, is, this is the thing it's cost effective yeah and, and 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 even that money thing that we all like to talk about is cost that's great but we, we do all we quite often forget about the earth the planet and what's it costing that it's something that's yeah we can't get back and it, it does it, it baffles me it's 2022 um you know i, I think we've got yeah as I said, we've got a long way to go we've got a long way to go and i'm yeah i think that i think that it's happening it's a slow thing everything takes time it does um, evolution, and, and it is, is it's a slow process. And I've got to say, the one thing that people can't handle is change. Um, you do create brilliant drawings from scratch. What's the process? I mean, how do you how do you start? What is the what is what is your starting point, and where do you go from there? Uh, my starting point is always to get to know a client. Right. Yep, I like to connect with them. Most of the time I find clients have got ideas and you, and I think essentially for me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help them deliver their idea. You know, they, they, they've got ideas and concepts and they've got images and things that they have in their minds, um, but they just don't know how to get it into reality. So my job is to tap inside their, their energy fields and kind of help them to express what they're after. So through lots of meetings, um everything i everything i do is by hand I, I do all my designs by hand i draw everything oh, really 
Yep, everything's done by hand. Um, I employ drafts people who turn my plans into, you know, AutoCAD plan reading things. But uh, um, yeah, I do. I do a start off with grey lead pens, pencils, and then then I use colours and I draw, I draw everything. Everything's done by hand. I draw it all and work through the clients through sketch design and really hands-on sort of stuff. And um, and then once we're happy, then I'll actually do a fairly detailed drawing in pen or pencil or whatever. Um, and, and then once we're happy, then I get a draft person involved. So yeah, I like, I like to, I like to, to me, it's about the hand drawings. I feel connected with it. And yeah, it just it generally has something to do with, it's always about the sun. What's the sun, what's the sun doing? Mm-hmm. What does the sun do on this day? What does the sun do on that day? What does the sun do in summer? What does it do in winter? What's it doing in the equinox? And that's how I base the rooms of the house where I, where I put things around the, the property. What are, what are we looking at? I like to go and take photos, take lots of photos and um, of the site and vistas and what we want to look at and what, what do we want that window to look at? And yeah, it's definitely a creative process and it is enjoyable. I do, I do like that part of it. It's certainly fun when you come up with some great ideas and, and when people like them, it's, it's very, that's very rewarding. Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's, I do always find it's a team effort. Every job I do is, is worked with that client. And I try not to, I mean, obviously I push up my ideas, but I try to work with what they want to, to give them, you know, each client's different. They want something different. So yeah, it's important to, to yeah help them achieve what they're after. Do you think that, with everything that you've said, I mean, there are some things that we can change, okay? We can change the way we approach sustainability, the way we approach clients. Changing laws and societal norms may, may be a bit harder, or may, or may take longer. But do you think that all architects, designers or builders should go on some, you know, sustainability course? I think so. And you know what? That course I did, it, it actually just sort of showed that. It showed that, you know, like there's... I mean, there's the funny thing is, you know what? I actually reckon a lot of the a lot of the older builders that I worked for a long time ago, they were practicing sustainable practices because it was cost effective and it was efficient. And things good good builders generally are. It's like a good a good architect focuses on sustainability. They don't have to have be a sustainable architect. It's just a, that's what a good architect does, and that's what a good builder does too. A good builder is about being efficient with materials and it's about less waste and it's about all that sort of stuff. So it's almost like, I, I think, I think it, it would definitely be positive to educate people. It's never going to be a bad thing, is it? If people can learn a bit more, because I think people want to be, people want to do the right things and it's in there. It's, it's beneficial to them. It's beneficial to the planet. It's beneficial to their business. It's beneficial to, to the environment. So, you know, every, I think I think that'd be a great idea if you know people had access to more more information. You know, and they were getting I don't I don't know. I don't know how, how it would happen, but I think I think once you get people get their license or whatever, they're off running and they're on doing their own thing. But maybe there does need to be more more updates and more regular courses and things so people can learn how to be a bit more efficient and environmentally aware and friendly. Conversely, perhaps maybe there's more room for people like you to, to mentor and to, and to show. I mean, you know, a course is one thing, but 
experience is, is, a, is a whole different world. Do you think maybe there's, there's not enough mentorship or, or, or people like yourself, you know, showing? Well, them? for sure, yeah. Um, where do I go for help? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I generally invent it. Mm. You know, I, I think there's, there's been, yeah, there's definitely a lack of that, of, of mentors in the industry. There's definitely a lack of it. Mm. I mean, there's some great businesses. I've met some great people in this. I really have like some amazing people who have family businesses that have set up products and, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of just amazing people that have, that have been in this scene and industry for the right reasons and for good intentions. There's some great people out there. And, um, and yeah, I think, I guess not everyone has access to those people. Again, there's just, there's, there's just small, small things that are just growing and they're starting to hit the market. I mean, I, there's, there's products that I was using 20 odd years ago that are now selling in minor tens and stuff like that, which is great. So that's, so that's what I mean. It's like, it's like you used to be able to get organic food at a little organic grocer, you know, now you can get it at Woolworths. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is starting to hit. It's infiltrating. It's definitely infiltrating into the mainstream. And I think, um, you know, the more that that can happen through award nights, through podcasts, you know, through photos and images and art, and the more that any of this stuff can actually get into people's lives, it's just going to, it's just more and more positive. Agreed, agreed. David Coates from Sustainable Building Design. That was absolutely fascinating. And thank you for your time. You're welcome, Franco. Thank you very much for having me. This has been Branko Melodic and thank you for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you from the Architecture and Design Network. Thank you once again to today's guest, David Coates and Karoma, proud sponsors of our 2022 Residential Design Series. Be sure to check them out at www.karoma.com.au. You can also head over to architectureanddesign.com.au for all the latest news, views, projects, people, and much, much more. So see you next time. I'm Branko Melodic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine.